when the cruel Spanish Inquisition of the year 1492 in the Common Era drove the poor Jews from their homes in Spain, these refugees were desperate for a safe place to live. Many were glad to accept the kind offer of Mohammed, the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, to come to Turkey and live there with full rights to engage in any profession or business they desired. Amongst these newcomers to the Sephardic community of Constantinople was Yaakov Vidal, a Tamad Chochum and a doctor. Yaakov Vidal soon earned the admiration of the Turks, for he was a very fine physician. In fact, the Sultan himself consulted Yaakov Vidal whenever he or any member of his family was unwell, Lyalino. Yaakov Vidal also helped his good friend, Rabbi Moshe Kapsali, the Rav of Constantinople, to take care of the Jewish community. The friendship between these two fine Jews was strengthened by the thought that Yaakov Vidal's lovely daughter Miriam would one day become married to Enoch, the fine and brilliant son of Rabbi Moshe Kapsali. Before long, through hard work and the bracha of the Eibishter, Yaakov Vidal managed to acquire a home almost as beautiful as the one he had been forced to leave in Spain, and life was pleasant and peaceful once more. Unfortunately, though, not for long. There was a certain young nobleman called Selim, a member of the influential family of Hafiz, who held many important positions at the Ottoman court. By an unlucky chance, Selim happened to catch a glimpse of the lovely young Miriam as she rode past in her carriage, and he was at once so attracted to her that he must find out who she was and ask her hand in marriage. The following day, Selim presented himself at the home of Yaakov Vidal, introduced himself, and asked permission to marry his daughter. Yaakov Vidal explained gently, but quite firmly, that that would be impossible. Miriam is still a child, explained Yaakov Vidal to Salim Hafiz. She's no more than 13 years old. But in any case, she is already promised in marriage to the son of a dear friend of mine. And the most important reason of all, Miriam is a Jewish girl and may not marry out of her faith. Salim was furious. He was the best friend of the crown prince, Bayazid, and the daughter of any noble Turk would have considered it an honor to be asked to marry the popular Salim. How dare this Jew so lightly refuse his offer? I'll be back for your daughter yet, you'll see, threatened Salim as he left in a very angry mood. Though worried at first, Yaakov Vidal soon forgot about this disturbing incident. His growing practice and his duties as assistant rabbi kept him very busy. But Salim Hafiz did not forget. He called together a group of his closest friends 
and asked their advice on how he could kidnap Miriam. Prince Bayezid protested, Look here, Salim, take it from me and I should know. You will be asking for trouble if you do this thing. My father, the Sultan, thinks very highly of his Jewish physician, Yaakov Vidal, whose friend, Rabbi Kapsali, shares the divan at court with the Mufti. Now, my advice to you is this. Go to the Mufti. He seeks nothing better than to ruin the Jews, and he will surely help you. Salim and his friend met the Mufti, the head of the Muslim religion in Constantinople, and found that he was indeed most eager to help. After a few hours, they reached agreement on what seemed a foolproof plan which would surely ruin the Jewish physician and give Selim what he wanted. One night, not long afterwards, a messenger from the Sultan's court knocked at Yaakov Vidal's door and said that his presence was urgently needed as the court, as someone there was very ill. Yaakov got dressed quickly, gathered his instruments, and followed the messenger without delay. When the carriage in which Yaakov Vidal was riding entered the courtyard, the physician was soon led to a building which he noticed had iron gratings guarding the windows. Aha, he thought, this must be the sultan's harem where he keeps all of his wives. Sure enough, it was Nargila, the sultan's favorite wife who was ill. The chief doctor of the harem approached Yaakov with a worried expression on his face. We are all very anxious, he told Yaakov. Nargila's throat is swollen and she cannot breathe. I dare not operate to save her life. The sultan trusts nobody but you. If you save her life, nothing will be too much with which to reward you. But if you fail and Nargila dies under your knife, the sultan will surely show you no mercy. The harem doctor led Yaakov into the luxurious suite of Nargila, who lay gasping for breath on a huge bed made up of soft silken pillows. You can still turn back if you are afraid to undertake the operation, said the doctor. I shall never be afraid to help a human being in need of my knowledge, said Yaakov Vidal. The life of all humankind is in the hands of the one above, and it's to him I pray for guidance and success. Yaakov Vidal made a quick examination and saw there was no time to be lost if this young woman's life was to be saved. He had no choice but to make a quick operation to restore her breathing. He had just taken the instruments out and was about to operate when the door was flung open and in burst the sultan with a group of palace guards. When the sultan beheld Yaakov bending over Nargila with the surgical knife in his hands, he screamed out, Arrest that infidel! How dare he try to murder my favorite wife right here in my harem! Your Majesty, protested Yaakov Vidal, Nargila will surely die if she's not operated on immediately. He speaks the truth, O ruler of all the faithful, said the harem doctor, but the sultan was too angry to take any notice. Suddenly the mufti appeared from behind the soldiers and said to the sultan, You see, your majesty, even your most trusted doctor 
has been bought off by this traitor, Vidal. Watch, your majesty, and you will see how just a little powder will quickly restore your beloved wife to herself. She does not need surgery. It all happened so quickly that Yaakov Vidal had not yet been taken out of the room by the guards before he saw that in truth the powder in a glass of water poured down her throat by the mufti enabled Nargila to become calm and breathe normally and easily. I can't understand it, said Yaakov Vidal, his hands in iron chains, shaking his head at the miracle that took place before his eyes. I examined her, your majesty, and I was sure that only an operation could save her. You shall have the rest of your life on a lonely island to consider your mistake, said the sultan. If it were not for your past merits, you and your entire family would die tonight. The soldiers took the Jewish physician away, and a few days later he was placed on a ship that took him to one of the thousand barren islands in the sea around Turkey where he was put ashore and left alone to fend for himself. Meanwhile, the entire city of Constantinople was buzzing with the report that a Jewish physician had tried to kill the favorite wife of the sultan. Fear seized the thousands of Jews who had fled from the Inquisition and thought they had at last found peace in Turkey. The Rav, Rabbi Moshe Kapsali, hurried to the court but was refused admittance. He went to the house of his friend Yaakov Vidal to find out what had really happened, but as he approached the house, he saw a crowd of Muslims trying to tear down the gate and yelling threats against Yaakov Vidal and his family. The mob was trying to batter down the iron gate, and Rabbi Kapsali realized he must act very quickly if he were to save his friend's family. Fortunately, he knew of a secret entrance which led from the main residence to the summer house from there to the Bosphorus. No Spanish Jew who had escaped from the Spanish Inquisition would think of building a house without such a secret means of escape. Rabbi Kapsali was not a moment too soon. He had just got his friend's wife and family into a rowing boat when they heard the maddened horde burst through the house and grounds surrounding it. The Vidals hid until nightfall and then boarded a boat in the harbor which took them to the safety of an island in the Aegean Sea. When Salim Hafiz found out that the girl Miriam had disappeared with her family, and he saw what damage the mob was creating in their home, his conscience woke up, and suddenly he shouted out, Stop! All of you stop! It's a mistake! It's my fault! The Jewish doctor did no wrong! Come with me to the sultan and you will hear what I have to say. I can explain everything. The angry mob calmed down and listened and followed him, their numbers increasing as curious passers-by joined the procession. By the time the huge crowd reached the court, Muhammad had no choice but to give Salim an audience. The mufti at the sultan's side grew pale when he realized what Selim was about to do, but he was powerless to stop him, for the sultan had commanded Selim to speak his mind. Selim poured out the whole plot. 
he told the sultan that it was all the mufti's idea. He had put poison into Nargila's food, a poison for which only he knew the remedy. Suddenly, as Selim spoke, the mufti fell dead at the feet of the sultan, for the mufti wore a ring with a huge stone which contained a poison in case of just such an emergency. The sultan ordered the immediate pardon and freedom for Yaakov Vidal, but no one seemed to know upon which of the thousand isles he had been banished. Rabbi Kapsali would not rest until he would find his dear friend Yaakov Vidal. One day, as he was looking through some of his friend's Sfarim, which had been overlooked by the looting mob, he took one book from the shelf, and there he found the chauffeur of Yaakov Vidal. Yaakov Vidal was an expert Baltakea, and treasured this chauffeur immensely. Suddenly, Rabbi Kapsali had a thought. After appointing a rabbi to take over for him, he took leave of the community and set off in search of his friend with the precious chauffeur in his hand. From island to island he sailed, always blowing the chauffeur in the hope that his friend would hear it and recognize it as his own and make his presence known. Almost one year later, Rabbi Kapsali came to another small island and began to daven to Hashem with all his heart and soul. Ay, Abishter, he davened, please show your might and your mercy and help me find my dear friend Yaakov Vidal, restore him to his grieving wife and family, and may they and we live to see our dear children, Miriam and Enoch, joined in a chasana. Rebbeinah Shalolam, help us now as you have helped our people in their hour of need in the past. Rabbi Kapsali then took Yaakov Vidal's shofar, put it to his lips, and the sounds of the shofar came clearly through. He waited and waited. Suddenly he heard a feeble cry, Wait! Please, in the name of Hashem, wait! Soon the figure of an old man appeared, dressed in torn clothing, waving his arms. As he came closer, the old man called out, Rabbi Kapsali, my friend, you're a malach from Shemayim. In just a few moments, the two dear friends were locked in an embrace, weeping with their hearts bursting with joy and gratitude to the one above. It was a great simcha for the Jews of Constantinople when Rabbi Moshe Kapsali returned with Yaakov Vidal just a few short weeks before Rosh Hashanah. That year, Yaakov Vidal blew his shoifer as he had never blown before, and everyone who heard it was moved to tshuva and gratitude to the one above. Soon after Yontif was over, the marriage of Rabbi Kapsali's son Enoch to Yaakov Vidal's daughter Miriam was celebrated. There were many gifts from friends and even from the Sultan, but the greatest gift of all was the one which Yaakov Vidal presented to the young Chosen. It was a shoifer made of pure gold, an exact copy of the real shoifer which he used on Rosh Hashanah 
and which had saved his life.